it's been a rough past month for Boston College football. What do the Eagles have to do to turn around their season and maintain bowl eligibility? We're going to talk about a few of those things on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Tuesday, everyone. I hope you all are doing well, that you had a nice Halloween if you took your kiddos out or if you had parties or whatever you were doing. Hope it was a great Halloween weekend for you all. On today's show, we're going to go over what those things are that Boston College is not doing right, that they can easily fix to hopefully give them a chance to beat the Hokies. And we're going to look around the rest of the country to talk about some of the other games in the ACC and games that are just interesting for Boston College fans. We'll have Mitch Wolf on to do all of that. So, Boston College, on Saturday, they lose 21-6. Their offense, 0-4 for 4 in the red zone for touchdowns. Unacceptable right there. I mean, honestly, that is, that's the game. You don't score four touchdowns. I mean, if they score four touchdowns there, it's, you know, they're, they're going to get more points. And they're going to beat Syracuse. I mean, that sounds simple, but that's what's going to happen. And we saw what happened. You know, there was a missed snap. They could, they got stalled at the one-yard line. They just couldn't get in. So looking at BC football, that is a big issue, I think, that Boston College has to improve in the red zone. And I think a lot of that, was, that has to do with the play calling in the red zone. One of the things that I noticed that I thought, like, why are they doing that is – the, the 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 it was really exemplified on that last goal line drive. It has nothing to do with the quarterback, honestly, to me, because it could be Grossell, it could be Moorhead, doesn't matter to me. I want to see Pat Garwo in those positions. I guess they're putting Levy in because he could catch the passes around there. But man, it would make much more sense just to have Garwo. He's a he's a bowling ball. He he gives you the better chance of scoring a touchdown there. So in the red zone. Keep Garo in. I know they're trying to save his legs, but, you know, take him out when they're in, in the middle of the field. Use Singfield and Levy there. Keep Garwo for those red zones because he's the perfect running back, you know, to, to get those physical one-yard runs. And now, I know Levy has done well, too, at different points, and it just didn't happen this week. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the firm camp that, that Garwo is that guy. So that would be one thing I would love to see them change. Because I think if you had Garwo at, at the goal line, you might have a better chance of scoring some touchdowns because at this point, that's all you can ask for. <laughs> Secondly, the offensive line issues. If you you got to break down, you can't just say the entire offensive line stinks because I don't think that's fair because there's been some players that have played exceptionally well on the offensive line that shouldn't be lumped in with that. That's Christian Mahogany, one of the guards. That is Zion Johnson, who's played great all season. And I know he had that missed snap, but Alec Lindstrom, for the most part, has played exceptionally well. Those guys are fine. The tackle issue is the bigger issue here. Ben Petrula can do it. I'm not going to say that he need that any changes need to be there. He just needs to, to 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 raise his game up a little bit. But the other, the left tackle, whether it's an injured Tyler Vrabel, which he's obviously been playing banged up for the last couple of weeks, and it looked bad whatever happened to him on Saturday. Not sure what his injury status is heading into Saturday. Halfley has not given any updates on that. But it cannot be Jack Conley. I'm not going to rip on the kid because he has had a tough couple of weeks. But, man, he needs he needs a risk. He needs a break. They cannot put Conley out there, and I'm sure they're not. 
Um, what I would do is what they did at the end of the game last time, which is you're going to have to kick Zion Johnson over. I know he wasn't perfect at tackle last year, but he improved a ton by the end of the season. You know, I would rather see Johnson out there with Trapillo at guard, um, or sorry, yeah, at guard, and then having Conley back out there. So I would fix it by doing that. Try Johnson. Johnson, that left tackle is so critical. They need a solid anchor there, and I think Johnson's obviously the best offensive lineman they have. So move him back over. Maybe that'll give them some more time in the pocket and help either Grossell or Moorhead. And finally, speaking of quarterbacks, just pick a quarterback. At this point, I don't want to see this dueling quarterback thing. And I know Halfley had his rationale, and I'm not ripping him on it because, you know, he's the coach. This is his team. That's his decision. But now that you've tried it out, you've given Moorhead, you let him, you know, cut his teeth a little bit here. It's time to make your decision. And I, I think everyone knows what that decision should be. It's got to be Emmett Moorhead. I know he struggled. I know there were times that he got sacked. But you need him to grow. Because I think Grossell's kind of plateaued. I think everyone can agree. We, I don't, I'm not sure at, at this level if he's going to get any better. He's certainly not going to hit deeper passes. And he's still going to struggle with the rush. But at this point, I would much rather see Emmett Moorhead get his chance. You know, let him grow because he's going to be the quarterback of the future. You know, next year, it looks like Phil Dracovic will be back. We can't guarantee everything. He hasn't said anything, but it looks like he'll be back. And then you have Moorhead back him up, and then you give Moorhead the reins in 2023. So this is a perfect chance for him to, you know, get those that experience and grow because you can grow pretty quickly once you start to play in, at the college level and play with the ones. So hopefully, cross your fingers, Moorhead got a lot of time with the ones this uh, this week at practice. Again, they're not going to tell us that because it's it's private information. But I would love to see Moorhead as the starting quarterback. I think it's time. I think, honestly, you need to be able to keep him on his feet. You need the offensive line to play better, which is another reason why I thought that was big. But Moorhead, I think if he can stay on his feet, we'll give BC the chance to move the ball. So Emmett Moorhead, uh, he's got my vote right now to quarterback against Virginia Tech. But those three things, I think, are so critical heading into this game. The offensive line, they need to fix that guard position. I mean, that tackle position. I want to see them slide over Dryon Johnson at this point. I want them to play Patrick Garwo in the red zone. And I think Emmett Moorhead should be the quarterback. What do you think? Hit me up at Locked On BC. What are the three things that you think Boston College needs to do if they're going to stand a chance of beating Virginia Tech or at least scoring points? Because last week and the week before, it's been a, it's been a real slog. Let's hear what you have to say. Now, in a moment, we're going to be joined by Mitchell Wolf, who's going to talk to us about this weekend's games. We're going to talk about everything that happened in the ACC, including pit pitting. We'll talk about uh, UMass's tough weekend, and we'll talk everything in between. But before we do that, I want to thank all of you who are our first listeners. People who listen to this for the first time in the morning and then check us out every day after. Thank you all for listening to us on Locked On Boston College. It really does mean a lot. And if you like this podcast, check out Locked On ACC. It's hosted by Candace Cooper. She does an amazing job talking about the Atlantic Coast Conference. And she has a great um, rotating group of guests, including your truly, AJ Black, who comes on on Wednesday. So check out Locked On ACC. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks yet? Prize Picks is a daily fantasy sports app that makes fantasy easy. I love this app. I'm telling you, it's amazing, and I think you will love it too. 
Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football preps than props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players in the uh, Power Five as well as mid-major players you may never have heard of. It's a lot of fun. You can just go pick a couple players and you bet the over and under. If you make it right, you can win up to 10 times on your entry. So check it out. You pick two to five players, the over and under. So, for instance, you could take... Um, DJ Uyangale, if he's playing, and you could also take someone from the NBA, say, uh, say Dwight Howard, and you pick their over and under on specific stats. If you get it right, you win. It's that easy. So imp- it's so much fun to play too. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And the best part is it's safe and offers fast withdrawals. So if you're a winner, you can get your money pretty quickly. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. This is Locked On Boston College. Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is AJ Black. We are going over uh, the games from around the country. We've been talking about BC and Syracuse for the last two days, but there's a lot of other great college football games that uh, we should talk about. Uh, with me is Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? Going good. Uh, you know, it's nice to have a little time removed from the sting of Saturday's game, but you know, it was a pretty exciting week across college football and especially in the ACC. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's get to the heavy hitters first. The big game, Miami two weeks in a row, knocking out ranked ACC opponents, destroy, not destroying, but beating Pitt 38, 34 in a game Pitt probably would have won given a controversial call at the end of the game. Mitch, talk about this one. Yeah, I mean, I had this on kind of in the press box on my computer before the BC game started. And this was, I mean, this was fun to watch. I mean, I think Miami really has something in uh, Tyler Van Dyke uh, as their next quarterback moving forward. I, I think there was even some chatter like, you know, they, they were comfortable with him starting if King wasn't ready to go at the beginning of the season. And I'm not sure they would have beaten Bama, but you know, kind of wonder, like, I wonder how if they'd be doing better if they had just kind of started uh, Van Dyke from the start. But yeah, I mean, it, the, uh, Cinder- I mean, the Cinderella run for Pitt isn't necessarily over. You know, they I think they can still win the Coastal. No, really no problem. Uh, they probably won't have don't really have a chance making the playoff now. But, you know, another game where, you know, uh, Pitt's second loss where it isn't really on Kenny Pickett because he has uh, 39 for 55, 500 yards, three touchdowns. You know, he's playing super well. Uh, but, you know, it's two-loss team probably kind of knocks him out of the Heisman race, unfortunately. You talk about Tyler Van Dyke. For those that are listening at home, he was a huge recruit. He was a uh, four-star top um, 20 uh, quarterback in 2019. You have to wonder when you see him there. Uh, BC was – he was from Glastonbury, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, and BC was interested, but his lead uh, com- uh, recruiter was Mike Bajakian, who probably had to go uh, with the yeah. pitch. How would you like to hand the ball off 45 times in a game? <laughs> um, and so – yeah, he. I, I, I'm impressed with what Miami's doing, and it's really. I think it's kind of interesting because they're playing a ton of like freshmen, and they're just kind of rolling with it, and it's going well so far, which is it's kind of fun to see. You know, it, it's another time. Like, is the they're almost text at this point. Like, is the U back? And you know, they have four losses, I think. So maybe next year, you know, they got a lot of young guys who are playing really well for them on both sides of the ball. So that's kind of that's exciting to see. And and I mean, as I just said, two wins against ranked opponents. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a way to build some momentum right mm-hmm. there. Um, all right, so let's look at a game that matters for BC for the next couple of weeks. It's Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. Virginia Tech wins 26-17, uh, big catches by Trey Turner. And be, it, the opening odds are out for the game. It's Virginia Tech with a three-point three favorite over BC. 
based off of what I saw from BC, I, I wouldn't touch them with a 10 foot pole until I could see their offense do anything. Um, what are your thoughts on Virginia tech? Yeah. I mean, I still feel like their defense is pretty strong. I mean, I know Syracuse put 40 on them the previous week, but yeah, I would, I would be, I'd be betting Virginia tech at that, honestly. And I know Georgia tech has been kind of struggling this year. I think that you, you kind of called it that there was uh, been some issues with Jeff Collins there so far. And I, I don't know if, th- if this keeps going for them, he could be out of a job pretty quickly. And on the other side, a coach, we all expected to be possibly gone this week, you know, Justin Fuente in Godfather part three line, you know, just when you think he's out, they pull him, he pulls him back in. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Tech's a, Tech is a weird team. As, as with most teams in the Coastal, Tech is a weird team this year. Yeah, that was the game that when I do my betting odds with Eric, I said, I have no idea. I'm not touching that game. Yeah, just stay away. Because it's just two weird teams that do weird mm-hmm. things every week. So, um, But a game that killed my betting odds um, by, I think it was a half a point, Clemson, yeah. mm-hmm. Clemson and Florida State. I thought Florida State had it, especially when I forget who it was with that incredible touchdown get run. Um, but uh, Will Shipley had a huge touchdown to win it. Uh, 30 points for Clemson. Hey, maybe they get their offense finally going. Yeah, I think I saw the the final play where they had doing the lateral thing and uh, they um, or Florida State's doing the lateral thing and then Clemson picks it up and gets it in the touchdown, gets in the end zone for a touchdown. And the commentator said, oh, that's a very, very significant score for some people as it was a 23 20 or. Yep. Yeah. And uh, um, and then Clemson well, was favored by nine and a half. So that puts them up by 10. So pretty pretty rough for anybody who made had the misfortune of betting on florida state but yeah i don't know if they found their offense i know dj Uing got uyangalale got benched at one point um i'm not sure what they're gonna do with him moving forward but i, I don't know what to do with clemson either <laughs> but man it's just it is all chaos this year in the acc speaking of the, the the one team that hasn't had a blip yet and did what they had to do uh is building a solid uh college football playoff resume, given that every other team in the top 10 seems to uh, basically everyone from like six to 10 just keeps losing mm-hmm. is, is wake forest who crushed Duke 45, seven, mm-hmm. which is what they need to do. They need to go out there and beat teams. So look out BC. If you're going to play poorly, they're going to, they're going to step on your throat and just keep pounding you. Yeah. I mean, if, if I mean, wake they're ranked 13th, I, I, if they're not in the top, they're top uh, they, 10 they were, now. They were this week. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're yep. top 10 now. Um, yeah. I mean, that makes all sense in the world. I mean, I'm going to click on their schedule here, but I mean, that offense is just humming along, even though I hate watching it, you know, their defense has been kind of inconsistent, you know, Duke isn't exactly the strongest opponent, but they've got at UNC this week. I think you said they're that UNC is favored, which is absolutely bewildering to me. Yep. UNC is favored by two and a half, which is absolutely insane. I don't get that at all. Then they go, versus NC state then at Clemson at BC to finish the season. So that that's a tough road to hoe for them. Uh, but I mean, if, if their defense just plays a little bit better and they just keep humming along an offense, you know, if they go undefeated, win the AC championship and maybe, you know, some of those top teams lose some of their games, I, I feel like you have to put wake in, you know, I, I know they haven't played a ton of impressive opponents, but if you run that table and, you know, maybe Alabama loses again in the, in the um, SEC championship, uh, maybe Oklahoma loses. Um, I, I feel like there's definitely a case for Wake to get in. And if Cincinnati keeps struggling, maybe they lose a game. You know, Wake Wake has a decent chance that they can keep running the table like this. I'm curious if they, especially if they run the table, say they make the playoffs, some team out there 
I don't know. I'm not going to say like USC or something, but a team that's got good pockets. That's not wake forest. Cause wake forest is the same kind of school as Boston college that is going to see Dave Clawson and go, Oh boy. Hmm. Oh, I like this. <laughs> hmm. We need a coach that has a proven winner. There's Dave Clawson. Let's get him. And Ooh. I don't know who that would be, but I've, I've heard his name buzzed around. Like, why isn't he getting more, more looks? And honestly, he deserves it based off what he's done at wake forest. It's impressive. Yeah. And like, like you said, you know, Wake is kind of limited by who they can recruit because it is a pretty high achieving academic school. And if you kind of open up the, the limits for Dave Clawson and, you know, let him kind of run wild with getting some, you know, better recruits that aren't limited by academics. I mean, man, he could maybe turn some bigger program around. I mean, I don't know if LSU would go for that. Um, Cause I think, I think Clawson's kind of a Midwest ish guy. So yep. I'm not really sure how that fits in with, uh, the open jobs right now, but that, that would be interesting to see if he uh, kind of bounces from there. And the funny thing to talk about with uh, the betting odds for that Wake Forest game is I go back to what Eric Hoffs is. We were, we were doing the, the bets two weeks ago when NC State played Miami. He goes, I'm taking Miami. Vegas always knows something about these weird spreads. And he goes, mm. when you see a weird spread and you're like, what the hell is that? Bet it. He goes, mm. just take it because Vegas knows something you don't know. And so. I, I, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But man, I, that's that's just hard to see. I mean, wow, that's yeah. Maybe the thought, maybe the thought is that Wake's defense has struggled so much that Sam Howell goes crazy, and he has like some sort I, of yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll say there's like NC. I mean, North Carolina lost to Notre Dame this week uh, in a barn burner, I believe. I was watching for that game uh, the other night or last night or Saturday night, whenever it was. But uh, I think they put up a ton of points, so you know that's that's good for them. They they maybe they can kind of exploit that Wake defense, but. It's not like NC State's defense is any better than Wake's, really. So I don't know about that. All right. So NC State, they they put it was the battle of BC's last two opponents, mm-hmm. and NC State took care of business, um, really limiting Louisville's offense, who only scored 13 points. I didn't get a chance to watch this because I think it was running the same time as our game. Uh, but Malik Cunningham, 11 for 28, throwing the ball, um, 18 for 76 on the on the ground. NC State's defense did what they needed to do. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like NC State scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. So, you know, NC State was down, then they kind of just have this uh, roaring comeback to take the win. So, uh, I mean, like I said, I, I think, you know, aside from Wake, the rest of the ACC Atlantic is pretty wide open um, with, you know, Syracuse kind of surging. NC State is still a pretty solid team. You know, they lose close on the road to Miami after uh, beating BC by a lot. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really fun conference here. And, you know, it's uh, I think that, you know, with if unless Wake, you know, Wake can make the playoff. But other than that, it's pretty much just all these teams just absolutely cannibalizing each other. And then finally, the night game. And I, I had no chance of getting into this. I after the BC game, I went out and did some Halloween things with my kids and then ended up watching the end of the squid game, um, which is kind of kind of like watching ACC football. But um <laughs> I don't know if that analogy even worked. Um, <laughs> 25, uh, 25th ranked Brigham Young scored 66 points against Virginia's uh, who scored 49. I went into this game going, man, this is a two teams that have no defense at all. Cause I didn't know. I mean, I haven't really followed BYU enough this year to know, but when I was, when I was prepping for Friday's episode, I was like, man, their defense is, is, is garbage too. And God, I hope you pick the over in this one because it was five touchdowns for Al Gear, their quarterback. Um, and it looks like Brennan Armstrong's in some health risk. I heard after the game that he might have broken a rib. 
I don't know what that means. You know, sometimes they can get flak jackets and things like that to keep them in, but um, it was, it was a, it was a rough one. I, I had picked Virginia in this game. How, did you get any chance to check on, check in on this one? I, I did not, but I'm, I'm just looking at like the box score and the drive chart. And man, I wish I'd watched this game. This looks like a ton of fun. I mean, you've Tyler Algier going for 266 and five touchdowns. Uh, Brandon Armstrong, you know, like you said, he got hurt, but he has put six touchdowns on the board, 337 yards passing, 94 rushing. Um, Wake or uh, Virginia scores 35 points in the second quarter alone. I mean, I think they scored a touch on every drive they had in the second quarter. It's absolutely insane. Man, I, I, w- I wish I got this game. It looked like a ton of fun. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess I missed that one, but uh, hey, that really sucks for Brendan Armstrong because I know he was kind of just starting to get a little bit of Heisman hype, and you know then he gets hurt, and that that really sucks for them. So, but uh, yeah, really really fun game. Wish I watched it. All right, so super quick, um, Colorado State they lost to Boise State, and uh, Adazio continues his his usual bid. Mm-hmm. Um, the big news though, we 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 always spend some time. Yes, ripping, yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> ripping on UMass and UConn. And UConn this week. Oh, no, this now, isn't what I want to talk about, actually. UConn uh, could have an inv- invitation to the AAC, AAC ah. coming up um, as the AAC was getting raided by all these other, you know, the conference realignment. So they might get a football only bid with a bunch of other schools that no one cares about, like New Mexico State. Oh, and the CUSA, you mean? Oh, it's Conference USA, Scott. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Conference USA, New Mexico State, like Middle Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, well, I, well, I think Middle Tennessee. It's weird because like Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky, I think are actually being courted by the MAC. Um, right, and then they're. I think they're. In, I think basically the point is that CUSA is getting raided by the Sun Belt and the MAC and the AAC, and so now the CUSA needs to find schools. They're just going to take in these, uh, these kind of lowly independents, except for UMass. <laughs> So I was at my day job uh, when all these, all, it was like all the, the, the group of five schools, like in conferences were making all these moves. And like, I'm not really paying all that much attention because honestly, like sometimes I don't even remember who's in the Sun Belt versus who's in, you know, the Mac. They all sit kind of all blend together at points. The, the CUSA um, and the Sun Belt are very similar. So it's very hard to keep track of those for sure. Yeah. And so I heard the thing about UConn and then I looked on Twitter and I saw Walt Bell's face and I heard Walt Bell at a press conference. Absolutely. Just rip you. UMass is like just the, the, the whole structure that they had there being like, yep, they're not going to invite us because we don't have the structure to do anything. And I was like, okay, you're going to go down that road, Walt. And it was one of the most shocking things. Like usually the co- like a coach like that would like, hedge it a little bit with like kind of be political about it or you know we could really do this if we got me he was just like really really blunt Mitch did you hear what he said yeah you sent it to me and I, I it took me a little while to understand it and yeah I mean that was definitely something I mean I think it's I mean I think that was the biggest story about that is you know all those independent programs kind of getting picked up and then the omission is UMass and obviously like the, the CUSA is kind of a hodgepodge already so UMass is you know not even close fit geographically until UConn comes in but I mean it's tough for them you know that hap- that 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 stuff breaks and then they go against Liberty and get beat 62 to 17 so pr- pretty rough day in the Bay State the, the one thing I'm, I'm gonna make this quick uh the one thing I thought we were gonna talk about is that BC's former offensive coordinator Scott Leffler who oh, is now yes, the, the, yeah the head coach of Bowling Green and they had a shocking defeat of Minnesota earlier this season which good for them but this game 
he gets ejected for committing two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, which I don't think has ever happened in college football since they instituted the ejection rule. And it's shocking it's him and not his former boss, Steve Adazio. But after he gets ejected, Bowling Green goes on to score 28 points in the fourth quarter, including a fake kneel down where their quarterback, Matt McDonald, former BC quarterback, runs in a 47-yard fake kneel for a touchdown. And they come back to win and beat Buffalo 56-44. to And I think they scored more points in the fourth quarter than they've scored in any game this season after Scott Leffler gets ejected. So weird season for Bowling Green, but just an incredible series of events going down there, which I just thought was absolutely hysterical. Yeah, I, I heard that one too. And college fo- was- football is back and better than ever. And new web interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before with Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You gotta check it out. They've got some great lines. One that really sticks out with me right now is Wake Forest at plus three. An undefeated Wake against UNC. You can check that out at Bet Online. Head on over to their new updated website or mobile interface to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's free money right there. You know the books don't usually like doing that, so you need to check out Bet Online. Use their promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casinos, they have everything there. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's great. Um, uh, so the the big game uh, this weekend was uh, there was a couple like regular, you know, top 25 games. But obviously, you're if you're watching for the playoffs, the one team you're watching for is Georgia, who's the number one team in the country. And they absolutely just uh, throat punched Florida, their arch rival on Saturday. I mean, they're not even playing with their starting quarterback. I mean, Stetson Bennett is their backup and he looks fine. <laughs> and and I, think, de- I, I, I think if you put Dennis Grossell with Georgia, this it would be pretty similar results. <laughs> right. He, I mean, Stetson, Stetson Bennett, Bennett is, yeah. Stetson Bennett is Dennis Grossell. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And that defense is absurd. Did yeah. you get to watch any of that? I'm, that is, I missed this one, but I, you know, I, I, I did see some highlights and I checked, the, I read some stuff about it. And I mean, George is just a meat grinder at this point. And it's like, a, it's a really slow meat grinder. Like, I think the, the big thing was that they scored like 21 points in like four minutes in the second quarter. And, you know, if, if they just get like, if they get 10 points on the board on you, it's over. Cause like, and then they just kept, you know, putting some more points on you. So it's 34 to seven, but I mean, they just absolutely just beat Florida into submission. You know, I think there were some pictures of some, they were like when Florida does their like alma mater after the game, there were like three players out there for it, which was a rough look, you know, not, it's not going great in Florida this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really see a world where George is going to lose just because that defense is just playing on a different, in a different universe than defense usually played. This is the year, you know, Alabama's had their, their number for years. Mm-hmm. Alabama's offense is good, but I think Georgia's defense could hold them. I think this yeah. year. Yeah. Everything about Alabama right this year is good. It's just not great or elite. And that, I think that's just because they have a, a lot of young guys playing. I think I've said this before in this podcast that they have a lot of young guys playing and that their experienced guys are just not those like elite first round game breaker type of players. And so, Mitch, uh, one last thought heading into this weekend, a game to watch that I honestly think could be fun for us to laugh about on set on Monday next week. Rhode Island plays Massachusetts uh, in 
URI is pretty good. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, I, I don't, you never know with an FCS and FBS, but this is one of those games that you could circle because UMass has been playing like crap that, you know, they could lose to an FCS school and in Rhode Island. So uh, we'll, we'll have to keep our eyes open on that one. So Mitch, we talked quite a bit. Where can we, people find you? Yep, you can find me at Mitch at, uh, on Twitter at Mitchell T Wolf W O L F E. Make sure you follow me there uh, for any coverage we have of BC coming out this week and in future weeks, and uh, for my other work for my various other websites and ventures. All right, and you can check me out. I'm AJ Black. I am. Uh, on twitter at aj black underscore bc make sure to follow our podcast wherever you get your podcast this is locked on boston college we're also on youtube check out us out on youtube there's always commenters on there man you know making comments about the show you can join that group too it's free and easy uh, it's an easy way if you're at work to listen you know hit the youtube button hit that subscribe you can listen while you're doing your work Th- thank you all for listening we'll be back tomorrow where we're going to kick off virginia week virginia tech week because We have a game on Friday, so we'll be there and we'll give you all the news and information that you need to know. Thank you all and take care. We'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.